welcome to Sweet Spot, where hoteliers check in and we check out what's trending in hotel marketing. I'm your host, Ryan Embry. Welcome to another edition of the Sweet Spot. Today we have a very special edition, which is focused all around review response. And with me today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Patrick O'Brien, aka Mr. Review Response. He's our product development manager at Travel Media Group, and he runs our Respond and Resolve department. Patrick, want to welcome you to the sweet spot. Thank you for having me. Today, we are going to do something I'm really excited about because, Patrick, you and your team have been very hard at work. We're going to get to some numbers here in a second, but we are going to go through the top five sentiment tags that we find in reviews. So just to give our listeners a little bit of a background on the Respond and Resolve solution, how many reviews does your team respond to a month right now? Right now, we're probably averaging around 22 to 24,000 reviews for hotels each month. They vary from positive to negative uh, across the board there. 22 to 24,000, that is an incredible number. So you and your team are extremely busy. You also shared with me before this episode, year to date, so in 2019, we're over 135,000 reviews that your team has responded to. So you guys really are the experts in hotel review response. Now, when we talk about tags, can you kind of explain what I mean by uh, sentiment tags within a review? When most people look at review response, the idea is I've got to, you know, follow up with this customer who left me some type of feedback. But I think when you actually look at reviews, they're probably some of the best business intelligence that you can get because these are people letting you know in high volume what's working at your hotel and what's not working at your hotel. And ideally for what's working at your hotel, what people who are coming to your market and specifically coming to your property are really excited about what's adding the value uh, to that stay. So we've identified um, about 45 to 50 different elements. And so we look for those in every review. That allows you to take really what is very subjective with a you know a review that's been left and and quantify it and break it down into what was that review really about were they talking positively about the cleanliness of the property about the sleep quality at the property some of the amenities that i offered did they like them did they not like them for me the sentiment tags and the reporting also can help a hotel really dive into and they are looking to either justify or to to make capital investment decisions. You can use that analysis and that data that's collected in all of those reviews to let you know, you know, if I'm going to spend $500,000 to make improvements at my property out of these options, what is going to get me the, the best bang for my buck? Choosing the information like that and really being able to, when you have these reviews in mass, to be able to look at them in a very quantifiable, um, analytic way. And so that's what we try to do with the sentiment analysis. Awesome. So essentially to give a a real life example, some of these guests will leave almost like a novel of a review. And within that review, they could be talking about maybe 10 to 15 different subjects about your hotel. 
Now, if you're just responding, a lot of those subjects could just get blended into that and you're kind of just moving through it. You're maybe not addressing every single subject that's within that response. While your team, what they do is they go in, they find those subjects, they tag them, and then they assign whether it's positive, negative, or neutral and then can roll all that up into some really cool data for, like you said, the actionable items. So you're not just shooting in the dark when it comes to training, when it comes to marketing your hotel, and when it comes to maybe taking some action and capital investments. Sometimes when you're reading a review, and you've responded to five reviews in a row, and five people were talking about loud guests there, and then all of a sudden you're like, we've got this guest problem. And But when you look at that in aggregate, you're like, okay, you know, this happens 2% of the time in my review. So maybe it's not as as important or as big of a thing that I that I was thinking that it may be. Also, I think it helps to identify because one of one of the things that we try to do within our reporting as well is we'll go in and now you can start to see like this specific item. I mean, and it can be even as granular as the telephones in the room or the lighting in the room this scores one and a half stars typically you know in in the reviews that's the overall aggregate score but when it's in a review that average review is maybe a three star so if you have the ability to fix that item and the or those issues then organically you're going to increase your overall reputation because those items that were bringing your score down are no longer a factor um, so it's, it's able to identify those and see really where that push is going to be in your reputation management as well. Just to give our listeners an idea of how many tags your team have, have done, uh, you were saying over 845,000? 860,000. 860,000 times subjects that your team has identified. So it is exactly what you said, very granular. And very time-consuming. I mean, this is this is why hoteliers reach out to us for review response because this is the blueprint for your business moving forward. Is this sort of feedback? So if it's not, you know, treated properly or analyzed properly, then you could be missing out. So that's why I'm super excited for today's episode because what we've done, you got with your team, and you've identified the top five sentiment tags. Now, what we're going to do kind of to set the agenda, we're going to first talk about how your team approaches these. And then what we're going to do is we're going to talk about if that tags a positive trend, you know, what we would tell a hotelier essentially, all right, how do we market this? Um, And if it's a negative trend, what we might do to correct it. Um, So let's start with tag number one, which is value. Could you give us maybe like an example of, of what that might sound like? At the end of the day, what value is really looking at is did you meet the guests' expectations? Nobody says, I'm going to pay $150 for a room that I really feel like is worth $100 just because I'd rather spend the extra $50. They're looking at all the amenities and the room types and the images and, and reviews and all of those things. And they're saying, I feel like you know this is what I should expect. And then they get there and those expectations are either met or exceeded or they're not. And that that is really where value comes in. When people are mentioning true value and saying like, I don't feel that this was worth the money that I paid for, or I felt like this was such a great deal that I got. Right. Great bang from my, my bucks. Thing. Yes. And, but, it, but again, it, it all comes down to 
expectations and did you meet expectations did you not meet expectations so you know we really try to highlight that in the response so if it was positive um, you know we're obviously always thanking the guests um, for their feedback and just kind of reinforcing that we are really excited that we were able to meet or exceed their expectations and we hope to continue to do that in the future with future stays the next time that they're back in the area etc if it's negative i think at times there's this there's this idea that you know oh like the property's broken or and, and it's not it's just for that guest for whatever reason you did not meet their expectations and so we will apologize for that if we didn't get a lot of information on maybe why those expectations weren't met we typically ask the guests to reach out to the hotel directly um, so they can get that feedback because you can't fix what you don't know is wrong. And, you know, now with reviews being so prevalent, uh, most guests don't come up to the front desk and say, here, here are the things that were wrong and I'd like to get them fixed. They really don't do that during stay and they, they don't do it even when they're checking out. And this is the only time that the hotel has the opportunity to try to fix those. So, you know, we do ask that the guests will reach out to the hotel and just give them more information and, you know, and then just say, you know, we hope to improve your perception the next time that you come back. When you're looking at, you know, as a hotel, what do I do with that information? Specifically, when you're getting a lot of negative value tags and, and kind of feedback is you need to go back and look at your marketing materials, your website, social media accounts, um, and make sure, you know, like, are your images up to date? You know, like these images were awesome 10 years ago when you just renovated the property and you haven't done anything else. Well, this person's expecting the room to look like this. And when the carpet's a little frayed and the, the paint is, is a little faded, you've instantly, you know, underperformed to their expectations. So, you know, are your images up to date? Are there things that you need to do to kind of uh, get that more aligned? Or do you just you need to go back and do another renovation? Really looking at those materials so that when this person's making that buying decision in their head, that they're getting a good idea of what they're going to walk into. And I think this is a very powerful tag because if you're seeing a trend, a negative trend on value, guests for some reason do not think that your hotel is a good value, that that keeps coming up. What you can do then is check the other tags and see what is negative and what people are essentially not liking about your property and then you can attach it to value mm -hmm. um so i i think this being the number one tag i think is spot on um the other thing i'll say about uh, value is obviously we want to always provide value for our guests and if we're seeing that positive trend and value that might be an opportunity for a hotelier to look at and say hey, you know, everyone thinks this is, this is a value. Uh, maybe I can raise my prices a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, and you start to see that ROI, you start to see ADR go up a little bit. So this tag is very, very powerful. So not surprised it is number one uh, as far as the, the sentiment tags that, you're, that your team's finding. Let's move to number two, cleanliness and pests. Can you talk a little bit about how your team would approach a response when this that tag's involved? Specifically with pests, it is very important. So one of the things we will never do in a response, if somebody indicated, um, you know, hey, I had an issue with bed bugs, 
we're never going in our response. We're never going to specifically mention bed bugs, and that centers around you know search engine optimization. And we don't want to add more weight to somebody who's searching for bed bugs at this hotel and and that coming up. That's a great point. We'll try to use you know either pests or uninvited guests. You need to be careful with uninvited guests because you know mentioning we're sorry you had uninvited guests in your bed doesn't sound right in a response. <laughs> but you know, we'll try to use those terms that people aren't necessarily going to be searching for quite as frequently, but still address the problem. Ideally, if there was a concern specifically around bed bugs at the property, the hotel would have already heard about it before the review came out. And, and hopefully they have already taken measures to inspect that room and go through their process. If they haven't, there's also, and we, we see this a lot, where somebody had a bad experience and, you know, for, for whatever reason, and it could have been a host of things, but then they're like, oh, and I got bed bugs too. Um, right. And, Just the you cherry know, on top of a bad day. Yes. And they didn't really. And, you know, the, the hotel goes there and there's no evidence of bed bugs. So if the review comes from a guest who's maybe not identifiable, they've got a screen name. We always then at that point will ask the guest to follow up with us directly so we can further investigate the information, identify the room so we can make sure that it isn't an issue. If the hotel wasn't aware about it and they haven't heard other guests complain about it, we also try to highlight that in the response and just say, you know, we haven't heard any other concerns about this. So, you know, we really need you to reach out to us and help us make sure that everything is uh, has been taken care of. If the hotel has been made aware of it, you know, they still got the review. They may have already gone through a process where, you know, they had exterminators come out, check the room and stuff like that. And they'll usually give us that information. So we will provide that information in the response as well and just say, you know, hey, we, um, you know, we had our uh, pest control team come out. They've cleaned the room head to toe. They didn't find any evidence of it. We apologize. You know, we'd be happy to talk to you more about this issue. But that also lets potential guests that are reading that know, like, hey, this has been checked out and we're good. Like, I'm not going to go there and have some issue. And to really hone in on that fact, I think that's so important that your team does that because, you you know, we tell hoteliers all the time, you know, if I'm writing a negative review and it has, it has to do with bed bugs or cleanliness or something like that, I am writing that review once and I'm seeing that response once and then I'm moving on with my life. But you probably have maybe 10, 20, 30 potential guests that are going to read that review. So giving them the peace of mind that preventative measures have been taken and putting that step by step is absolutely critical uh, to future guests potentially making that booking decision with you or with your competition. So I love that your team provides those preventative measures in there because it's so important for travelers that are reading that review. Yeah, and I, I say, you know, you um, you may not win back um, that guest. Hopefully you will. Hopefully you'll get them to give you a, a second chance. You may not win that guest back, but you are at least showing other potential guests how you would treat them um, and how you would how you would handle their concerns if they were to have that same type of thing, that that lets them make a better you know purchasing decision and ultimately 
help set their expectations for the stay they're going to have. Yeah, and that's ultimately what these reviews are for, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's we don't read reviews to to hear and be empathetic of the people that came before us. We're reading those reviews because we want to know what's going to happen when we stay there. Um, so that that's a, a very good point. And I know you have on here uh, when we talk about, um, you know, positive, there's no really positive to pass, but, but cleanliness. If we are getting positive trends with cleanliness, that's always something that we can share on social media accounts. Um, we can highlight those reviews, um, you know, you can never really have too many good reviews about cleanliness because that's it's not a going above and beyond anymore in the mm-hmm. hotel industry. It's a standard and an expectation for guests. Yeah, and I think sometimes even within that, you may get specific housekeeping individuals that are highlighted. And I think those are always great opportunities if you can. Take a picture of that housekeeper, post it on Facebook along with that review and really kind of highlight them so people get a better understanding of of your property. And and again, if it's bad, if it's just cleanliness and again, not just bed bugs, it could be dust, it could be trash left in the room, etc. So hopefully you can start tagging that to maybe a specific room and that there's just an issue with that room or you may be able to tag that with specific individuals um, and start to see like, I got to do some retraining with my, my housekeeping staff and make sure that they're, you know, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's when, when they are turning over those rooms so that we can do that. We had a hotel that was a good property, good value, um, had a lot going on for it, um, just got crushed on um, cleanliness and brought all of their review scores down overall. Um, they ended up, uh, and this was the, this is kind of like the extreme side, uh, they ended up getting rid of their entire housekeeping team oh, wow. and rehired. Yeah. And it was immediate. The day that that happened, the reviews changed. And it's not always the, the direction you want to go, but it kind of shows an extreme there of trying to identify and fix the problem. Yeah, but it shows the power of identifying those issues and making sure that it didn't turn into something that was going to hurt the business. And what these tags do is we don't just look at them over one course of time. Uh, we look at it over the course of an entire year or a quarter or months. So right as you start to see that that trend go negative with cleanliness, you know, that's when you that's when you make that decision or that call to go, all right, we need to retrain now because we're seeing this slide. So let's move on to tag number three, and that's location. It's very hard to change your location. Yeah. Um, but talk to us a little bit about when travelers are mentioning your location. How does your team approach it? There can be a lot of things that go along with this. I mean, sometimes it's just like, oh, the location was amazing. Everything was right around there and they had these things to offer. And I think when you're hearing that and you're seeing that a lot, um, you definitely want to use that in your marketing materials in your you know on your website and make sure you know like everybody knows all these great things that are around sometimes it may be safety we see with some of our you know downtown hotels guests want to be downtown and in in the thick of everything but being downtown also brings uh, some safety issues that go along with that like is my car parked safe and stuff like that so when it when it's those types of items 
you know, do you have proper lighting um, outside? Do you have secure parking? Are you doing things at that point to make the guests feel safe? And if you are, then every time somebody mentions like, oh, you know, this was, uh, there was a lot going on right around the property and I didn't necessarily feel safe, then in the response, those items should be highlighted. You know, we have a security guard who's on premise 24 hours a day. Our outside entryways are only accessible by key card. And, you know, in doing those things, again, it's to let future guests know that, right. hey, this is this is the expectation. This is what you're walking into. So, and if you're not doing those things and you start to see this, then, you know, you can start to identify where you're going to need to make investments and what you're going to need to do because at the end of the day, you can't change the location, but you can change the feeling of security that uh, that someone gets. The other item that may be negative on location is just like, hey, you know, the hotel was great, but there's nothing around there. That's a case. Hopefully there are, you know, there, there are some restaurants, there are some things to do. And then it is, okay, you know, we need to come together as a hotel and determine like here are some of the really great things that somebody can do, whether that's a car ride or an Uber away or something they could walk to or, or whatever. And then again, highlighting that information, you know, on your website, in social media, maybe even connecting with those businesses via social media, do some types of cross promotion, but also make sure that your front desk knows about all of those, you know, and sometimes you may have, you, you don't have a full-time concierge, but, you know, maybe you have a sheet that they can they can go through or at least be aware because there's nothing worse as a guest. Like you're in this town, you know, brand new and you're asking like, um, where are some good places to, to go out to eat? And they're like, I don't know, you can go down the road, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, you may find a couple of things. You know what, I, I want a recommendation. I want you to say, you know, what are you interested in? Well, here's a great, you know, seafood restaurant, or here's a great Italian restaurant. Um, this is very family friendly or, or whatever. So, um, you know, it is, there's that training opportunity there um, when that's kind of the concern that you see around location. I think this is a great opportunity to mention to the extensive research and background information that you have on every single one of our partners. So mm -hmm. when you first onboard, um, you know, a new, a new hotel to our Respond and Resolve program, you're reaching out for that information, right? It's yes. not just put on them, uh, you know, to add that to the reviews. No, we're going to proactively reach out and we're going to ask about those maybe safety features. We're going to ask about those things in the area so that when these, these particular reviews come across, we've got some ammo in our corner that your team can essentially say, all right, this is how I'm going to respond um, because they mentioned X, Y, and Z. Exactly, Correct? exactly. Awesome. So moving on to tag number four, uh, very important when we talk about hotels, sleep quality. How does your team kind of approach that and, and what exactly are you looking for when you tag sleep quality in a review? It is a very important tag because at the end of the day, they want to get a good night's sleep. One of the biggest things though to know is that when you're talking about beds and mattresses and there's there's preference styles and you're not going to be able to satisfy every guest. We've got a couple properties that actually have two types of mattresses mm -hmm. and you can let them know and they'll switch it out. Again, that's kind of that extreme side of, of what your preference is. But, um, you know, when we are responding, if somebody's like, oh, you know, the a mattress was really hard and I couldn't get a good night's sleep and I woke up and 
it's not that the mattress was wrong. It's just that it wasn't their preference. And we try to highlight that, you know, we do apologize that um, our mattresses weren't to your preference. We hope that you were still able to get a good night's sleep. You know, sometimes it may be too soft. Sometimes, you know, people are indicating, you know, that the mattresses were dipping, um, you know, in the middle and it was it was very uncomfortable. And that when you start to identify those, maybe you start to look at phasing out some of those mattresses. And so, you know, sometimes it may be working with the guest within the response to try to identify the room that they were staying in so that we can check it and make sure like, do I need to replace this one specific mattress? Is there something going around? Can I flip it? You know, what could I do to, to fix that issue? But again, it is really important to look at it as a matter of preference versus it's broken or, you know, it, it's not good um, because it's good. That's going to vary for every guest. The other issue that we can get in there, you know, around sleep quality um, sometimes can be outside noise or it could be other guests. We try to work at that point to remind people, um, you know, within the response that you know, they can always contact the front desk. You know, they're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, you know, contact them when something like that's going on. So they may be able to try to help out with that. Specifically, if it's if it's loud guests, you know, they can come and calm them down or kick them out or whatever may need to happen at that point. You know, if it's road noise, there may not be as much you can do for that until you start looking at, you know, doing get new windows. Or we have some properties that have created sleep well packages and um, they've got earplugs, you know, in there and not everybody, you know, loves that, but um, at least it shows and you can, you can reference that in the response that, you know, we're trying, we realize that there's a highway bias and you love the highway being biased because the location's great for your trip, but you don't love the highway bias because it's a little bit louder when you're sleeping. So we've got these earplugs to help you get a good night's sleep, or maybe you invest in some noise machines and white noise and stuff like that. So, but it is trying to identify those. And is this problem epidemic of the whole property or is it, you know, to a specific room or area? We'll have sometimes people like I, I was right by the pool and the pool's open uh, was open late, you know, at 11 o'clock and kids are playing and it was hard to get to sleep. Do you start looking at pool hours or um, or letting people know if this isn't something you prefer? We have other rooms available as well that aren't in that area. So that's something that I think is key that your team does such a good job of is explaining policies through a review response, again, for those guests or travelers that could be potentially staying there in the future. So if you say something like it was 10 p.m. and kids were out by the pool and your pool does close at 11 p.m., that is something that you guys mention in the review response because, again, you're explaining that to that next traveler that says, okay, the pool's going to be open at this time. Think about this. If you're a hotel out there and you did have a broken bed or one of the bed just needed to be replaced. You could potentially have a guest come into that room, leave, another guest check-in, and maybe four or five check-ins go to that same room and all have the same review about the sleep quality. And if those guests leave one-star reviews on your TripAdvisor, 
that is going to do so much damage. So a review response like this can help you identify that and, and say, all right, after the first time that guest checks out, now all of a sudden we've implemented something, maybe shut that room down so it doesn't snowball into maybe four or five one-star reviews, you just get that one negative review. So another way that review response and, and this solution can kind of help you, one room can really just dismantle a, yeah, an I mean, online people, reputation. People will get in and think like, oh, all of the beds are terrible. And you know, the truth of the matter is you may have just, you know, the, the, the beds could be, you know, a year old. And one is just is not holding up. You know, we typically do try to go back in and say, please contact us so that we can explore this because this isn't typical of a stay in our property. And that's another, I think, important thing, especially when it comes to like preference items is, you know, letting them know that your experience wasn't typical. And we certainly apologize for that. We will work to make sure that that doesn't happen again for future guests. I love that. And again, with the scope and number, sheer number of reviews that you guys are going through a day, a month, for you guys to take the time to do that review, I think is almost next level. Let's get to our final tag, breakfast. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about when breakfast is mentioned, because I'm sure it's brought up a lot in these reviews. Breakfast is probably one of the biggest amenities that travelers are looking for. Um, They love the convenience. I think they love the idea that like I'm already paying for a place to stay and I'm getting a free breakfast. And again, that goes towards value. This is a little bit similar to sleep quality where it is a preference type of thing. uh, You know, sometimes it may be the hotel doesn't offer breakfast and they were upset about that. And uh, you start identifying that enough. It may be, hey, we need to look at adding a breakfast. And, you know, are we going to spend if I spent six dollars per guest to add a breakfast and that that's a pretty big expense but am i going to be able to increase conversions potentially increase my room rate and be able to make that up very quickly that could be a really interesting you know item to take on if i'm offering a breakfast uh sometimes it may be around the selection of items they didn't care for um sometimes it may be around the service of breakfast, like, you know, they came and they uh, it wasn't adequately stocked or restocked. And then sometimes it may be around breakfast hours. You know, we see that a lot. You know, people like sleep in and they're like, I was super excited about the breakfast. And it closed at nine. And like, it's the weekend who gets up at nine. Um, Again, another opportunity there to explain your policies, right? Exactly. Like, talk about breakfast is from this time to this time so that those guests coming in know when that is. And and not just in the review response, but also if you're starting to see that, make sure that that then becomes part of the check-in process with your front desk to adequately explain that. So you, you take out that opportunity for a missed expectation there. If it's really around like the quality of food or the items available, you know, one of the things we always try to do is just, you know, again, we really apologize that our complimentary breakfast, and sometimes I try to throw that in there to remind people that you weren't necessarily, you weren't necessarily paying for this, but that complimentary breakfast uh, didn't meet all your preferences, um, but we hope that you still found some items to help you get a good start to your day. Framing it that this individual didn't love everything we had to offer, but it's not bad. It's not a terrible breakfast. It just 
wasn't right for this person. And, you know, sometimes people may be identifying, you know, like the breakfasts offered at the hotels are very carb heavy and there's pancakes and waffles and bagels and cereal and not a lot of fresh fruit. And fresh fruit can obviously be more expensive. But again, that starts to come down to what would happen if I, you know, spent $75 a day on fresh fruit, you know, would that be enough to compliment everybody who's staying at the property? And could I all of a sudden, you know, maybe even again, increase my rate slightly? And or, you know, would I be getting three or four more room nights, you know, a night, because now, you know, my breakfast is the best in the market or, or in my area. Um, so it, it's things like that to start looking at and, and identifying. But again, it is very important um, with breakfast that if you're offering breakfast, your breakfast isn't terrible or bad. It just may not be to the preference of that traveler. And if it's not to the preference of a lot of travelers, then that comes down to identifying how you're describing or what images you're showing of your breakfast. Are they accurate? Because that expectation at some point uh, wasn't met. And I think this is a really good example of a tag that, you know, you're talking about the ROI of, you know, adding fruit to a breakfast, right? Mm -hmm. Like that might be hard to track, but it's kind of that example that you talked about at the very beginning of this episode. If breakfast is something that's bringing down your review score overall, maybe from I left a three-star review, it would have been five-star review if this, if this breakfast was a little better. Now all of a sudden you add those things, how many more bookings are you now getting from other potential travelers doing research uh, because that review score was brought up because you're spending a little bit more extra money? These are the type of questions. This is the type of data that we help hoteliers analyze, that we uncover for them within these reviews because it's a lot of data. It's a lot of feedback. I'm sure you know that with the just the sheer number of reviews that you guys are responding to. So any closing comments before we, we wrap up? Review response for hoteliers, I think a lot of times becomes one more thing I have to do. And it's really unfortunate sometimes when you'll see like somebody went out and they left a negative review or they left a positive review and, you know, and it was fairly detailed and it was just the review response is, hey, we're sorry you didn't enjoy your stay. Um, We hope we can do better next time. If you've got all of this information about your property, do something with it. And that was before we ever started the review response program, the sentiment and the tagging and the analytics that came behind it was really at the forefront of what this program was going to be. Yes, we are taking a kind of a function or a service off of your plate by responding to reviews. But what we're trying to do is help you make your hotel better um, with the analytics because you're not going to get better detailed information about your property than the online reviews because it's not just looking at a, you know a spreadsheet of my mattresses are supposed to last five years and we're at four and a half years so we're gonna it's people specifically telling you what's working and what's not working at your property and not only just anybody telling you that but the people who are coming to your market the people who are choosing your property over something else. So it gives you that opportunity to really direct your marketing efforts. It gives you the ability to direct your operational efforts and it gives you the knowledge 
to make the best decision. So you're not just throwing money, trying to determine, hey, things aren't working right now. Like, um, what is going to work? Or, you know, we're down in our occupancy, so I need to lower the rate to try to get more people. It may not be just, you know, strictly on rate. Again, we're looking at 50 different elements in every review. So there's a lot of lot of things that people are talking about and using that information to to guide your business so that you're not just trying to operate in the dark is you know is I, I think really important and I think it is one of the most powerful things that as a business owner you can get your hands around when you were talking about you know this data it's not we're not just looking at the spreadsheets of the, the or life of a mattress or something like that and we're also not looking just at a concentrated group like you might get from your the brand surveys right so it's not just marriott members or just choice members no this is the entire audience so otas google tripadvisor every single person that leaves a review that's where this data coming from and i think it's important to get that entire scope well patrick thank you so much congratulations to you and your team keep up the great work um, if you're interested in joining our respond and resolve solution please feel free to contact us i'm sure patrick and his team would love to respond to to some more reviews so we can uh, keep those numbers going up you can reach out to us at 407-984-7455 Again, this is Ryan Embry. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Sweet Spot. To join our loyalty program, be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Sweet Spot is produced by Travel Media Group. Our editor is Ann Sandoval with cover art by Barry Gordon. I'm your host, Ryan Embry, and we hope you enjoyed your stay.